I will talk to you of art. Yes. For there is nothing else. Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Come along quietly or not. Well, you can have all the talent in the world and never get anywhere. Some artists will bait a hook and let you bite upon it. And now, without further ado. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Planet Shivers. This is episode 19, and it's 2020. I haven't done one of these episodes in about a month. The holidays and things, it was hard to secure guests, so um, it just seemed better off to wait till after all the holidays and New Year's passed. So, Happy New Year. And this first episode of 2020 is going to be a trippy one. Isaac and I sit down, just the two of us, no other guests, and he and I talk about, mainly about, astral projection and lucid dreaming. Both of us have been dabbling in this and starting to practice it um, the later part of last year, going into this year. Uh, Isaac has an unbelievable amount of knowledge about it. I'm learning from him and learning from videos and and literature that I'm reading right now on loan to me from Isaac is a book that I'm working through called Advanced Autogenic Training and Primal Awareness and we talk about this book and the author in the podcast. So before we get to the conversation itself, just want to throw a little plug here. Um, Before Christmas, before the holidays, I thought of the idea of giving everybody who I wanted to give gifts to books. And um, there's a bookstore local here by me called Carol and Carol Books. And that's a fun bookstore that is probably on its way out. Floor to ceiling books, the whole bit. But I also wanted to try to check out another bookstore. So through some Google searches and such things, I stumbled upon Broad Street Books in Branchville, New Jersey. So from where I live, it's about a 50-minute drive. But I went there completely blind, not knowing what I was going to see. Was it going to suck? Was it going to be good? I had no clue. But it turned out to be an amazing bookstore that I want to tell you guys about. So again, it's Broad Street Books in Branchville, New Jersey, 1 Mill Street. And they just have all sorts of Um, categories of books, very well organized, huge selection. Um, Ethan and Suni, who run the joint, it's a family-owned business. They're very helpful. And if you have any interest in checking this place out, you can go online at www.broadstreetbooks.com. You can find them on Facebook at Broad Street Books NJ, New Jersey. And they're also on Instagram, and I believe the same handle. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Again, if you're in that area or want to do a mini little road trip somewhere for the day, um, definitely check out this bookstore. And on the way, if you're in the mood for kind of a gross meal, not gross, but it's kind of gross, um, there's this hot dog joint called Jumbo Land which when I was a kid and I would come visit my father in PA for the weekends, sometimes we would stop there. I think we may have stopped there like once or twice. And the hot, like their, their claim to fame then, 
so this is like in the late 90s, was they just had really big hot dogs. But they were, they did something to them. Again, I was young. It's been forever since I've been there. But they did something to them where the, you bit them and it was like, like really crunchy and the texture was weird. And they had all these crazy toppings, which I think as a kid I wasn't into. I would eat hot dogs either plain or maybe with ketchup. And uh, I'd always eat them from the middle. Whatever that means. But um, Jumboland, if you're feeling adventurous, is is not too far away from Broad Street Books. So you can check that place out too. There's It's more, more nostalgia for me than anything. Also, um, keep your eyes peeled on Albert Shivers' YouTube channel. I'm going to be doing a visual art year in review showing my favorite pieces from 2019 in a bit of a slideshow with some cool music. I haven't chose the music yet. I'm going to try to pick um, a friend's music or some sort of local musician for the music for that. This way I don't get in trouble with any licensing rights or anything like that. And also moving forward, you may have seen on the same YouTube channel that I started to release video clips from past podcasts. I'm going to try to be doing more of that. And I'm going to be trying to film the upcoming podcasts that I plan on doing. Um, I'm recording this and it should be released on Friday. Um, over the weekend I'll be doing more podcast recordings and also the next coming week. I'm going to try more and more to film as much as I can of these to give you folks something to look at while you're watching the video. The art slideshow is really cool for the visual artists, but not everybody who's on is a visual artist. So I'm going to try to really get, I'm going to really try to broaden um, the amount of media that I'm doing with this project to give as many different ways to experience the podcast as possible. And yeah, that's that's my spiel. So let's get to the conversation between Isaac and myself about astral projection and lucid dreaming. Cool. All right. Well, it's another episode of Planet Shares, and this time, just Isaac and I chilling. Isaac's usually on sound and fairly silent. But here we are. All right, so let's cover, let's talk a little bit about some astral projection stuff. Some right. things that, stuff that, well, something that you and I have both been experimenting with as of late. Yeah. And um, I guess to folks who don't know what that is, you want to kind of like, maybe we can try to explain it to, as if someone doesn't know what it is. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess it's basically like the theory that, um, you know, our conscious is not directly inherent inside our, our physical bodies. And in fact, we can, through a lot of training and discipline, we can take it and remotely <clears throat> transport it wherever our thoughts or intentions desire, like remotely view various places just by uh, conscious will through higher meditation. So yeah, it's a really interesting concept that I've been into for quite some time and, uh, yeah, something I'm, I'm still sort of working towards. You know, there's been some, I've, I think I've had some sort of glimpses, like, into that realm, just sort of been at the door, never really stepping through, I don't know, 
about you if you've had really just like full on sort of crazy visions or anything like that. But yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I haven't been like doing it or attempting to do it and studying it quite as long as you have. I first heard about it through our mutual friend Sandy and it kind of when she was talking to me about it I was I wasn't at that level yet mentally and it sort of went over my head gotcha. at the yeah. time that's gotcha. yeah, yeah and um so it was more recently you and I hanging out um that we started talking about it more and kind of seeing what um you know like starting to really experiment with it right right yeah so for me like i'd say pretty much the same i don't think i ever got very far with it but i've gotten like a couple of a couple of feet through the door like for moments yeah and it was never anything um it was never anything too amazing but it was kind of amazing like even just a little bit of it so, like, basically what it is, is it can be described as, like, an out-of-body experience. There you go. That's, that's the key word, yes. Yeah. And um, for me, my experience with it was very simple, where all I have ever done, and I've done it twice, was be unconscious on a couch. It happened once at my folks' house and once in my own apartment. Where I'm out on the couch, yet I'm walking around the apartment or the house, just sort yeah. of like looking at things, and it was a weird feeling. Oh yeah, it was super weird. But um, that's about as far as I've gotten. There was like the time it happened at my folks' house, I did see like a little critter that wasn't there. Oh yeah, I think I told you about that. Yeah, the weird little kiwi thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But um, beyond that, that's about as like trippy as it's gotten. And mind, anyone who's listening, like, this isn't some sort of like take a drug and it happens. Like, it's a mental thing that you sort of have to um, tr- almost train yourself to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a practice, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle, I think we're, we're both kind of suffering from I guess it's like sort of like the holy the holy shit phenomenon where like you once you realize it's happening it's like everything like the state you've kind of been trying to achieve through like just total sort of relaxation and just like um I guess objective yeah it's it's like once you realize like you're actually like like out of yourself and flying around it's like it's like this really like intense crazy feeling of like what you're actually doing and it, it causes you to usually fall back into your body so yeah the, the one I mean I think the one clearest time I did it again it was it was pretty short and I was just like trying I don't I'm not sure I was just super tired or was like actually trying to get there but um yeah I just remember vividly just sort of like floating up from where I was <clears throat> just on my bed like I, I thought like I was getting up somehow or I was sleepwalking but then I like rotate 180 degrees downward and like just see my face right there. I just like see my body just kind of laid out. I'm sort of just like scanning 
up the side of my face and then once I realize like what actually what I think is going on I just I just like zip right back in and wake up like oh my god that was that was pretty wild but yeah definitely it's a weird it is 100% mental I feel like like the training you have to go through to be able to I guess it could be described as um, passive volition which is a type of practice found in like a autogenic training and like you know shamanic viewing practices where you really just have no attachment to what you're seeing or any real thought or emotion to like what what you're really perceiving at the time and in that state you're allowed you allow yourself to go forward to wherever you really um intend to go like usually the best the best method i found to sort of get there i would say is um you know you're laid out you're you're Usually laying down is the best thing, you know, but, you know, meditating, whatever it is, you're just, you know, you're totally still, you're not moving a muscle. And I guess that's the key thing because any, like, say when you go to sleep, any, um, like, impulse or urge you get to, like, either, you know, like, scratch your face or, you know, roll over on your side, it's it's almost like it's your, your body's physiology trying to determine if you're actually, um, like, conscious or not, you know, it, it like sends these signals to determine whether or not, you know, it's time to like paralyze the body and, you know, let you sleep. And the way to bypass this is by any sort of urge or, you know, muscle twitch, you, you know, you want to have, you just, you just will yourself just, nope, I'm not, not moving at all. And like, it, it's almost like you're, you're just playing dead, I guess could be the best way you can describe it. And after a period of like 20 minutes to half hour of just totally refusing to move a single single muscle you'll feel this really it's really weird sensation of just it's just like this really subtle stillness just kind of like flooding your body I guess would be the best way it's like you almost lose feeling you become numb and if you try to move you find you can and you're yeah you're, you're 100% in the uh, yeah sleep paralysis state which uh, again in itself is, is a freaky like really freaky place to be you know like that's mm -hmm. where people feel like you know possessions can happen and things like that but i don't know i haven't wouldn't know too much about that having a, any experience with that but yeah no it's from there you could definitely choose to kind of follow this weird little <clears throat> obviously you know in your visual field at this point you'll you'll see a lot of swirls a lot of spirals and you know some people see like grid patterns like grids laid out that start like sort of folding in over themselves, but there, there's a central point through the weird, hazy weirdness that you see pulsating in the visual field, and through that, if you focus just on that, it's almost like, okay, it's really hard to explain, but yeah, it's like you're going through a tunnel of light or something, it's just like this weird mandala you're kind of just like diving through, and once you like reach the end, or whatever, like that's when you sort of, you sort of pop out. I guess mm. that could be the best way I could describe it. It's really weird, but um, yeah, I associate like the uh, the color. Definitely, um, the big part of this is like you see the like an indigo color and like a purpley indigo sort of take up your you know what you see with your eyes closed, and it starts pulsating outwards and inwards. And that's actually the first time I kind of like got into this. I think I was eleven. I was in the back seat of the car driving back from a Thanksgiving dinner and we were just on the highway and I was just kind of like had my head against the window and just kind of zoning out like watching the cars you know pass back and forth I just like was closing my eyes and just focusing on um 
sort of the weird fuzzy staticky stuff you see with your eyes closed and just opening them I just got really relaxed and I got to the point where like I closed my eyes and I could like see in my like visual static like I could see cars like super crystal clear like I could see the landscape moving and everything like just totally preserved in my vision but it was like moving it was really weird couldn't describe it but yeah it all kind of manifested out of the uh, the weird little grainy static you see um but yeah so do, you, do you find that state to be a delicate one well i mean it's hard it's hard to hard to describe i mean you know anyone who can just sort of like focus and close their eyes and like breathe deep for like five minutes i mean at least that's what I found. It's like without fail, you you will see like a a purple sort of, you know, a purple haze, like envelop your vision, and you just sort of like once you realize that, you could just sort of follow it around. And um, <clears throat> but yeah, as far as like following it through and like not being sort of like like uh, taken by it or like amazed or like sort of awed by like the the patterns that it becomes, because it does like shift in these weird like abstract geometric shapes um yeah you know it, it could it could go either way it really just depends whether whether or not you know you can you can observe it without having any attachment to it and because um, i mean i think that's like the, the whole key with this here is that you know you're you're leaving behind the attachment you have to the, the physical world and allowing yourself to sort of um like put your consciousness outside of yourself to to go wherever wherever it wants <laughs> sorry i forgot forgot the question <laughs> well like so for me in those two instances like we were talking about whether or not it's, it's a delicate state to be in mm -hmm. when it happened to me either time and i was my body was asleep on the couch yeah and i'm walking around my apartment in real time um in total control of where i'm looking where i'm walking it felt like like there was a part of me that still knew like that I was over there laying on the couch. Yeah. And somewhere my subconscious was telling me like if I do anything I will pull myself back into my body mm -hmm. like and just just be up. Yeah. And be normal again laying on a couch. Right. Like it to me it felt like a, a land, a, a plane between awake and asleep. Yeah, it is. It is definitely like a what they call like the, the twilight, twilight state. Where um, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too. Um, the, the the sleep paralysis method of like getting into it. There is a way, you know. At least I've heard. I'm not sure if I've really remembered doing this or not. But um, once you 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 you're fully conscious and your body's asleep, you could actually choose to sort of go under like into your subconscious mind like sort of pull inwards instead of out and like you you will sort of wake up or just instantly find yourself in this uh you know like a lucid dream like some kind of internal sort of thing you've constructed where you know again you're fully aware you've brought your consciousness there and it's free to make whatever it wants of uh you know the inside world which i find is pretty interesting but uh I mean, it's something. I'm not sure if it's like a tool that you know would have any any real sort of benefit, or if it could be like abused or like used to you know like gain power. I mean, 
my big thing I, I wanted to do was um, you know, just fly around. That was my goal: fly around, trying to like remotely locate like you know precious metals in the earth and shit like that. You know, try to mm -hmm. try to find you know go to a place where you haven't been before in person. You know, like observe it, go back there, see if it's like it matches up to what you remember, and then I don't know. I just feel like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of power if it is indeed a, a real thing that you can do. It's it's kind of it's really hard to say, you know, because I mean you could always say it's um, it, you know what you whatever you see there is just totally your own sort of dreaming, like you're only just in a dream state, kind of just uh, writing out this this sort of process your your brain's going through. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really sure. It's cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a trippy feeling. Yeah, it, you know, and it really I guess is. in achieving it, it's just all, like, baby steps, really. Yeah, no, there, there's something something to be said about it. I mean, it, you really, uh, outside of, like, being asleep and, like, remembering dreams, there's no real, like, reference point you have to, like, feeling... Well, like, I mean, I mean like, not, not feeling it. Like, you are... You feel nothing like you, you are you are just vision you know you're just like not even really thoughts more of like intentions you know your intentions kind of they sort of change when you're 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 under those sort of circumstances but um yeah I mean the best way I could describe it um think of yourself as like a like a floating eyeball like this just weird sort of eyeball ghost thing except the pupil is like envelops the entire sort of sphere like you're just this 360 degrees of just black vision so to speak like you take it in from all all sides and again whatever you see in in the sort of visual field that you're in is like whatever you're drawn to that's sort of where you will um, travel to so yeah it, it definitely pays I think to um go in with some kind of intention you know if you're just willing to experiment I mean my my one of my friends I went to school with, he was also sort of into this. We were, you know, messing around trying to get like, you know, out of body back in like middle school. And like, he said he, he was seeing a lot of like, uh, you know, like he'd see beings walking around and stuff, like doing it at night. He'd go outside and there'd be like people like walking around his yard and down the road and everything, and, you know. So it, it is pretty freaky. But again, I just feel like you know, the fact that, that we're here anyway in the physical plane says enough that, like, you know, we're separated from whatever's out there. You know, there's no real way to be harmed or, you know, be damaged in any way by what you see as long as you believe that nothing that you're experiencing can really harm you to begin with. So, yeah, I guess I would I would say it's, it's a fun thing to practice getting to. Um, it does have a lot of sort of parallels with again like the um <clears throat> the shamanic training like the vision training like being able to just sort of like will things into your uh, your mind like just to be able to see things and uh, i messed around a little bit with that but uh again haven't really got too far it, it's really just a question of um you know like subconscious control to like just see things and just not have any sort of attachment to them i guess would be the best way i could describe it so what what is the shamanic training? Um, I guess it could be broken down into a, like two things. You know, there's like the primal mind awareness training and like the autogenic sort of training. I mean, I had a brief sort of um, 
study with this this one fire shaman who was a I met him up in Vermont on this farm but he he had spent like at least five years with the uh, the Weichel, um indigenous people down in South America not exactly sure what uh, <clears throat> country was at the time but yeah he was he was really into it and he was he was full-on like legitimate shaman who could like you know just sort of look at a person and just see kind of exactly what's going on and it, it was it's pretty wild so yeah we were working up there together and just he was sort of like you know showing me I guess showing me the ropes with, with this whole thing he actually he wrote a book uh, about it it's uh again yeah the uh, autogenic training and primal mind awareness it's uh James Andrida he's a he's pretty learned learned dude knows a lot of a lot of shit he's been around me but yeah um so yeah I was working with him for about I'd say three months which wasn't that long of a time but in that time I found um yeah, there, there was definitely times, even before I was working with this, where I've seen, like, again, I'm, like, laying down, and, like, all of a sudden, like, it's just, like, a snip, like a snapshot, like a camera flash, like, over what I'm seeing with my eyes closed, and it's just, like, a perfect sort of photorealistic image or scene of, like, some, some place or, like, some object, like, I'm, like, looking at it, like, right there, in, like, in front of me, although it's just, like, me with my eyes closed, so, um, yeah, no, it, it was weird. I was trying to think before I was done with it. Oh yeah, okay. This one time, I um, a few years ago, I lost this this ring I had. It really sucked. It was like this gold ring. I really liked it. It just somehow like escaped me, and um, I was thinking maybe I could like um through like autogenic training or astral projection be able to like sort of. Um, direct myself to where I could like find a certain object like that's something I just used as an example That's like one thing I just decided to to look for I didn't get too far, but in doing this um, Again and again, I was doing it for like a week just trying to sort of focus on this one thing and uh, the closest I got was I Started seeing like this rotating like circle. It, it was like a, a ring pretty much, but it was like very sort of faint I guess you could say like, I only see certain sort of angles of it that were, like, caught by light, but it was, like, I was seeing, like, gold flashes. And I don't know if that, that really means anything, but that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, sort of just, it's a good way to practice just telling it yourself to, a, you know, something you'd want to see or a person's face you'd want to, like, you know, just look at and just totally forget about it. And, you know, judging on, like, where you are mentally, like, so like yeah you like you mentioned lucid dreaming and I had had one night where I was laying attempting to astral project but I totally fell asleep but what it turned into was a lucid dream I was just like in this version I guess my my mind's version of some sort of underworld of with not fire, but like, um, like this very thick smoke and burning embers. Embers, yeah. Um, some sort of plant life that was somehow surviving in this weird plane, and I was traveling through it about a f less than a foot off the ground, just sort of floating through, mm -hmm. 
looking at things like I know I I there were bodies and they were melting. It was gruesome. Yeah. And the only other like living things that I seen were just figures within the smoke. You know, like looking almost like looking at someone through like a shower door mm-hmm. that's like um like glazed or just hazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I seen the figures of of humanoids through the smoke. But nothing I never encountered them and they never seen me and came to me. Hmm. You know, I was just this just kind of floating through and I was in control of myself. I was in control of where I was looking, I was in control of where I the directions I would float in. Um so that was an astral projection attempt that turned into a lucid dream. Man. So there may not, you know, like, again, I don't know a whole bunch about it either, but there may not be that big of a bridge between the two even. No, no, not at all. Yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, I've had I've had similar experiences where, like, I've been in lucid dreams, and, like, once I realized that I'm, like, what I'm doing, it is, it's again, like, oh, my God, and, you know, <laughs> just wake up again. So, yeah, you, you're definitely, whatever it is, I think it, it definitely, the, the conscious part of who you are is not directly bound just to like you know like the the mind or the, the like organic sort of machinery that's like supposedly keeping you know it up and running it is something else in, in my opinion i always feel like the like we can go infinitely inward mm-hmm. like there's just so much of our brain we don't use mm. and what's it doing like what's that hunk of meat you know it's something doing up there. It's like, always always going, you know. Yeah. You know, and and could these things be just a whole untapped source of our own humanity? Then what would be interesting to me is I thought of this the other day. Like so we have no I like okay, so what we know modernly is that this is a capability of us. Yeah. It's a uh, physiological or evolutionary sort of, you know, higher awareness thing. Right. Yeah. So, who's to say that some of the gap in what we know of ancient civilizations isn't that they were doing it really well? No, that's... I think that that's totally where, where it's been at, you know? Yeah, I mean... Holy shit, like, there, there's so many examples of, like, just things that, like, people, you know, like, thousands, thousands of years ago were, like, pulling off that, like, even today we aren't capable of, I mean, you know, n- namely, like, the, um, what is it, I mean, it's all over the world, like, megalithic sites and everything, where you see, like, there's freaking, um, you know, stones fitted together that weigh, like, multiple tons that are just, like, even today, like, haven't moved like a millimeter like you, you can't get anything in between these I mean that's that's kind of besides the point but yeah it's like who's to say that like there's no real record of what's been going on or anything yeah there's like there's no real way of knowing that like the reason like there's no record of really what's been going on like in, in ancient civilizations and or like leading to whether they were like extremely advanced like way beyond our technical ability it's just because like their sort of knowledge or their power that they were drawing from like existed totally 
within the matrix of the mind, you know, like th their memory was so like photo real, like photographic and just three dimensional that they could just remember their entire sort of lifetime, like a tape recorder, like, like pull out any detail, you know, any, any sort of anything that was said, any, anything they learned was just so like ingrained in them, which today is like, you know, I mean, pretty much machines do most of the thinking for us when it comes down to it. Like, like, the use of memory, I think, is just slowly just atrophying more and more. The more we just, you know, <clears throat> use use like the interneted brain that is just thinking it for us. I guess that could just be one example. With the thought that maybe these people were doing a lot of astral projection and and um, even lucid dreaming, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. That then could have transferred. To all sorts of elements of their, let's just say, like physical life. Yeah. Like, they could have brought knowledge back with them from those planes. They could have brought like artistic ideas back from those planes. Definitely not. Yeah. I guess it could be <clears throat> considered like the uh, the Hermetic tradition or whoever follows like, uh, namely, you know, the uh, the Thoth or the, the Hermes, you know, who has like. There's like this sort of holographic, like center, like center of records, almost like this giant sort of library somewhere, like on some, you know, dimension higher or lower, where we're just yeah, everything sort of uh, recorded. I mean, I guess that's just one example. I don't know, like you know, some Tibetans believe that you know, um. I guess like the higher monks would get to like this state through like you know just hours of meditation or days of meditation where again yeah they would go away to like much higher planes and like have like entire like live sort of entire lifetimes getting wisdom from that you know like being involved in like these crazy celestial battles and shit and coming back down with all this you know again all this knowledge I mean I, that was a big part of I mean that's a big part of many religions you know it's like as soon as you you know you leave this world like you just sort of float on as like a passive observer until you're sort of sucked into some other like energy well taking you somewhere else well that's the thing and that's what's fun about it you know mm -hmm. is that we don't really know that mystery of it and yeah. the journey to get there and i'm also curious to the fact like is everybody's you know are the experiences of of these things of like traveling to another plane different for everybody like how much does it base itself on our own experiences and our own like state of mind going into it yeah it's weird you know I mean the, the whole the whole concept of whatever it is like you know God or great spirit where it's like you know there's this whole thing has been imagined by some like like giant sort of scheme but at the same time part of that scheme are like just innumerable other examples of their own sort of conscious sort of being you know like a, a the same magnitude you know like, like something that is aware and that thinks is like you know to sense a part of like like the bigger sort of awareness the bigger sort of you know there's been like um accounts with like you know the ayahuasca schools and everything people you know sitting together in rooms doing like the uh again like vision ceremonies you know induced by like substance induced by like various plants and 
things like that in ritual. They've <clears throat> they've all you know had the same sort of you know drink mixture, whatever it would be, smoke, and um, report going to a similar place, a similar plane, like being there together, or at least recounting similar experiences once they they get back. And uh, again, it's hard to say if that's just because they were sort of on the same sort of trip or whether they, they traveled together to a, a different realm. It's, it's hard to tell without actually trying it out for yourself. It is weird. Mm -hmm. It really is at the same same time, like subjective and objective between two different conscious forces, you know? Like, there's really no way of knowing what, it, what it's going to be like from one walk of life to the other. I mean, it's, re it's really... Hard to say, you know, I mean, anything you consume, like, alters your conscious on some level, you know, whether it's, like, you know, coffee or just any food, water, it, I mean, it, it could, some things just have a really sort of, like, strong effect on, on, on where you're at, you know, just something you can eat can just totally send you into another place, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, with all this stuff, I, I've experimented a little bit, you know, with, you know, I remember one time I got I got really good and I don't know I just laid down and I figured while I was being all, all like you know new agey hippie I just I took this giant crystal and I just like laid it like over over my heart I guess that's where I put it and I was actually just sitting there for for a while just like shivering that that is like from early I was I was gonna say I do some things do just make me just totally just convulse I don't know what it is like. I'm not cold, but I feel like I'm just like shivering, like I'm, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I got there and I got really paranoid and I was like, okay, I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> so when I get there, I have this rock just sitting on my chest and I'm just like sitting down, like looking at all the patterns or whatever I'm seeing. It's just like, you know, just again, scanning whatever my eyes are seeing, all the clothes and the, yeah, the, the purple sort of violety haze comes in. And it starts like <clears throat> pulsing out and in, but it's like it's it's different. I don't know what it is. I remember like seeing these uh, different vertices, like these different lines, sort of kind of coming out of out of nothing. They just sort of like appeared there and just drew themselves out into this uh, like three-dimensional geometric object. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like it was within like the purple sort of that sort of pulsating mass that I was seeing, but there was like this light emanating from the center of it. And like whenever, I guess whenever I was breathing, whenever like my blood was circulating, I don't know, I just felt really sort of in touch with this sort of like wave-like motion that this um, this weird object I was seeing had. And as like, you know, I breathed in, like it, it would like glow, like the light from the center of it would like kind of get brighter. And I'd like, it would illuminate more of the sort of crystalline structure of it and I just exhale and it would like you know subside and I just kept doing this and doing this and um, I think I eventually I was I was very exhausted and just fell asleep but hey it was it was, was kind of cool that, that freaked me out the cat just jumped up there but um, <laughs> you know we're getting into this like space now or yeah peripheral visions yeah a little bit freaked now me we're out. all like what huh <laughs> now it's it's really crazy you know like what the well, like conscious wise and yeah a lot of it's kind of like looked over in today's world yeah again too with the whole peripheral vision things and other things little dog <clears throat> what do you mean about the peripheral vision 
Yeah, I was I was getting into a little bit a little, a little bit of that too. At one point, I was uh, practicing. I guess you know, I was practicing a wide angle vision. I guess is a technique used. It was used widely. I'm sure. I'm sure by like every every different people across across the world for like thousands of years before this most recent incarnation of you know civilization sprung up with cities. You know when people had to live among you know just the wilderness sort of you know follow around you know the big animals and you know just subsist off anything they could find you know like they, they need to sort of be a lot more in touch with their surroundings in order to like you know survive and thrive within them so um yeah i went i went to a school involved mainly like you know uh, education and like tracking and stuff like that like mainly like a uh, apache teachings from uh like yeah mainly with like uh it was focused a lot on, <clears throat> like, you know, tracking of animals and just watching, like, how, you know, the environment um, is affected as, like, ripples, like, any action caused out in in the world will, like, radiate outwards and concentric rings and, like, there's a way to, like, see how things were affected a certain way and, like, why and, like, how long ago did an animal, like, pass by and um, what I found really makes it easier to like um <clears throat> track things kind of like like decipher what's happened before you even got there is a um yeah wide angle vision and um basically it's a practice of like r removing the your peripheral and like seeing your entire visual field as like one continuous image you know i mean mm -hmm. like how the eye works is it takes like a bunch of like snapshots every second you know like, like a bunch of little pictures and like kind of stitches together the imagery that it sees into like for your brain to like processes your visual field and what you're seeing but that's not technically what you're seeing it's just your like your body's hardware you know it's, it's just like what your eye is doing it's just your eyes best shot at what it's sort of gathering but um there is a way physiologically to sort of take in your surroundings as like a continuous stream of information and yeah, when you do that, you, you'll you'll notice <clears throat> your vision wider, your your vision widens, and um, your sensitivity to light changes. You're able to see a lot better in the in the dark, and um, like various obstructions on the ground are like uh, a lot more a lot clearer. I mean, any obstruction, look, <laughs> any obstruction in general is a lot um, more you know evident to you. Yeah. And that does stem, again, like, like this is achieved through, again, lots of practice, like staring at one single point for like hours until like everything around it kind of like melts together and you see it as this sort of like, like woven sort of net that's like everything in itself is connected. I mean, th that's just my experience anyway. But yeah, it, it does stem mainly from the thought or the notion that, uh, you know, you are as connected to your environment as your environment is to you, I suppose. Well, that's one thing like that I've heard about when people say when like adrenaline kicks in and time slows down. Yeah. Or the 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 feeling of time slowing down really is so like for the sake of my point let's just say that your eye takes a hundred snapshots a second. 
When that adrenaline rush kicks in, it's taking way more snapshots per second. Right. So you feel as if time is slowing down, but really you're just taking in more information than you used to. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's just definitely, a, you know, body has a, an overdrive response. It's just, it's strange. You know, it also, it, it does tie back into the whole, <clears throat> like, autogenic thing. Um, just the way it, like, enables you to, like, you know, like, that is a, the, the sympathetic nerve response. It's like a physiological thing your body does when, and it's triggered when, when it senses a threat. But there is a way to just trigger that, or at least portions of that, you know, response, um, consciously, you know, again, through like a, just like it's rule of, of the subconscious mind. Cause again, yeah, that is, that is totally like to be able to, to like process things like in a much clearer sort of crisp way, like that does come with the fight or flight response. Um, you can't, you can't get there with, you know, really deep sort of concentration and meditation and, you know, just will to um raise your you know like a will to raise your awareness I guess <laughs> it's mm. yeah. thanks for listening to this episode of the Planet Shivers podcast remember to like subscribe and comment on the Albert Shivers YouTube channel as well as iTunes Spotify the podcast app and Google Play and SoundCloud you could find more of my work and work on the podcast on my Instagram handle, which is at Albert Shivers. You can see Isaac's work and follow him on Instagram at, at when underscore in underscore zen. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.